Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Season 5 of Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and if you're listening to this, you have joined us for yet another one of our bonus round episodes, and this time it was well-earned. We have a lot to talk about because just before we came in here, we got the news that we have our new Superman and Lois Lane for the upcoming DC Studios reboot of the DC movie franchise with Superman Legacy, which is being written and directed by James Gunn. And now we know who our Superman and Lois Lane will be. And here to help me break it all down in the comic book studios, I have our other comic book nation regular host, Mr. Connor Casey. Just a mild-mannered reporter from Kansas. And long time, he's been out creating new life and taking care of it. But in that time, since he's had a child, we've been missing him. So we had to bring him back. If you have just joined the show recently, you may not have met this man yet, but he's uh, one of our our more peppery uh, and versatile members of the comic book team. Mr. Turnup Charlie Ridgely is in the studio with us. Yeah, what's, what's up? I, I don't. I, I feel like I'm not like in my peppery mood today. I feel like I'm just kind of I'm kind of jovial. Well, you're dad now, man. You like you you, you like had to leash the beast. You're all mild mannered. It's it's nice. You're all mature now. You're like <laughs> raising a son. You're like an example yeah. of manhood. You know, we have come a long way. But uh, also calling in. From home, because he's got to hold it down on the home front. Another excellent dad type. The uh, Mr. Matthew Aguilar. I had more, but I just blanked out. I was like, yeah, I feel like I was going to go down a rabbit hole of saying all kinds of crazy stuff. But uh, Matthew Aguilar's calling in. Uh, shout out to Janelle Wheeler, who is, you guys haven't seen, she was out, our other co-host. She's been on vacation, and today she was like, guys, I'm busy. You, you talk Superman, boys. And I'll see you on Friday. So she'll be back for our regular show. And if you're just kind of signing into this episode to listen to this subject, yeah, Comic Book Nation, we put up live episodes every Friday, our full-fledged, like, 90-minute episodes where we talk about all things geek culture. But today is just a breakout. We have two conversations to handle in this bonus round. One, we're going to talk about the Superman Legacy casting. And two, because we never... I don't know what deal with a witch doctor Connor made, but he gets to keep (laughs) talking about... The Flash crashing and burning because he was the he was the one kind of uh, dissenter from our Flash review on this on this podcast. But uh, turns out he's getting to live his best life. So we, we need a graphic that just it's time for the Connor Casey victory lap. Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, you doing a Flash animation like from the TV just show, the weird speeds. Yeah, so is, yeah. yeah, Connor Casey's going to take another victory lap. But uh, first of all, let's go back at the top and uh, knock out our main subject: Superman Legacy. So. For weeks now, we've known a short list. Uh, James Gunn and DC Studios 
have kind of PR'd this very expertly, kind of letting it out who they're looking at. And I'm sure just seeing the reactions from people and not letting that determine it, but I'm sure taking it into account. Because if I think there's one theme to today we can we can think about is DC does need to take into account what people are thinking and, and saying because right now they seem to be, the brand stock value seems to be at an all-time low right about now. So crowd pleasers, blockbusters are the challenge of the day for this franchise when it relaunches and the casting and the actors and all of this, it's all going to be messy no matter what. And we're going to get into that about how even with overwhelming positivity to this casting, there's still this dark side of DC that is probably its greatest enemy, which is its own fandom. But um, yeah, this is important stuff because Superman Legacy is the is the taste setter for this whole franchise and for James Gunn and Peter Safran and DC Studios. And in the central roles, we are going to have d- actor David Corin Sweat, which I'm not sure a lot of people are familiar with him as an actor. Um, most notably, he was in Pearl. He had this like really great kind of creepy role Very good in, Pearl. in Pearl. And it's like, and I made the joke about like, I don't think David Cornsweet, when he accepted that role in Ty West Pearl, knew he was going to be possibly wearing a Superman symbol later because he really put it down on the creep factor. Yeah. And now we got to go all the way over to good, wholesome Superman, which is, I mean, he's an actor. But um, he's, a, he's a Philly guy. He's born in Philly and raised in Philly. So that automatically puts him on my good list, being from Philadelphia. You know, we always like a hometown hero. Uh, and in Lois Lane is going to be Rachel Brosnahan, who is no stranger. She's blown up thanks to the marvelous Mrs. Mizell, which she is phenomenal, phenomenal in. Mizell, 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 Mizell. Hey, I was. We're not going to get into my upbringing roots, but Mizell, 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 Mizell. I want to go talk to my Yiddish friends, and we're going to break this down later. But that's a different podcast. Shalom. Yeah, but like it's like that in Corin sweat. It's like, is that really how he pronounces it, or is he gonna he's gonna throw some pizzazz on? As we were talking though, like Charlie was pointing out, Corn sweat might be the best kind of description of a Superman actor you you ever could get, right? Like Kansas guy, yeah. corn sweat, corn sweat, yeah. I'm from Kansas. Kansas. We we don't grow corn. We grow wheat. I'm sorry, guys. I feel like you guys out there will be like, I don't know that fella, but I like the sound of his name and the cut of his jib. Let's give him a chance. He's from Philly. Oh, I know. Yeah. Which is great that the wholesome symbol of America is from Philadelphia is <laughs> going to be my own private joke for yeah the next. What's funny years. is they might put him in like a Chiefs or a Royal shirt like they did. Stop Cavill. it! You stop it! <laughs> you stop it! No. Patrick Mahomes, number woof, fifteen. Woof! Well, we're talking about Superman, not uh, not Patrick Mahomes. Let's go. So, what do you guys, in all seriousness, <laughs> wow. how do you guys feel? I mean, we've had a chance to kind of chat behind scenes. <laughs> we've been gabbing in the studio. Maddie, I'm always interested because Matt, you are our like resident DC kind of comics expert. You've been single-handedly championing the Superman comic series and action comics the last year or so. How do you feel about this casting? I feel it's funny. I feel really good about one side of it. And the other side, I'm just like, he looks the part. I'm not super I didn't see Pearl, and I'm not super familiar with uh Corn Sweat's kind of the rest of his filmography. So I'm just not real. I don't I'm not real exposed to the to the actor. So uh he he looks he looks great in the <laughs> doctored up Superman image. Um I just don't have kind of much to draw on for that. Brosnahan is phenomenal. That's a that's a pitch perfect casting. You know, sometimes I know uh we talk about it a lot when castings come up of um and I've been guilty of it too, of people who are brought up and everyone's like, Oh, that's the safe pick. Like that's the pick like that they'll probably go with 
and you hear that so many times and eight out of 10 times uh, that pick ends up doing really well in the role. And then eventually people are like, Oh my God, like who, who else could play that? Um, this is easily can be one of those. Like Brosnahan is a, is wonderful. Um, and Maisel, that's a, such a good show, but also she just brings such a charm. And I, I think that's been, I like Amy Adams in the role. Amy Adams is an amazing actress. Um, but I, like I wouldn't say like was kind of uh, like that's my that's my lowest. Uh, I kind of felt like that in Superman Returns. Like I, it's been a minute since I've had a really great lowest in in the in the movies that I could really just identify with that character. And this is as close to me as as we've gotten in a minute. So I'm I'm super pumped about this. I think this is uh this is good. Charlie, well, I was I was just to, on Matt's point when when they came up with that the short list. It kind of felt like Brosnahan of, of all the six for that were going out for the two roles, Brosnahan as Lois Lane felt like automatic. It just kind of like, oh, that makes all the sense in the world. I'll be really surprised if this isn't what ends up happening. You know, it just it really felt like it makes a lot of sense. So I'm glad to see that worked out. And you know, Corn Sweat, if you did watch Pearl, it's not necessarily the kind of part that you think for Superman, <laughs> but you can see how much talent there is with this guy and there, there was a clip going around uh, Twitter the last couple of days, kind of as we've been talking about this casting, you know, as they've been rumored to, you know, oh, it's going to be close. We're going to have a decision soon. Uh, there's a clip from uh, the Ryan Murphy show Hollywood on Netflix, yeah, um, which I didn't watch. He was also in Ryan Murphy's Politician, which he was very, very good in. Uh, but there was a clip from uh, from Hollywood going around where he was, you know, trying to get this job and he was ta- alone or something and talking about being a background actor. Um, it's a very short clip, but it has everything you look for in Clark Kent. It had this like, you know, really optimistic young man just trying, like thinking about all the good in the world around him, like trying to make a difference for himself. Uh, it just, it really kind of screamed Clark Kent. And so... Again, I haven't seen him in a lot, but what I have seen him in, I, he's really, really talented. And that clip alone is enough to be like, okay, this is what they saw in Clark. This is this is where this is coming from, and it makes a lot of sense. So I'm excited to see two of them together. Um, you know, what their chemistry is like. Obviously, it has to be great, or they wouldn't yeah, have gotten that's the point I want to touch on. Uh, but I'm excited to see what they're like together. Yeah, so the chemistry is the thing I want to touch on. And uh, Connor, I'm going to let you cook here in a second. But I know that Brosnahan can do like witty banter and she almost has that Margot Kidder from the Donner kind of thing. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the kind of like cadence we get in that retro, like, ah, we know it's not part of a newsroom anymore, but see, that's, that's the concern I have is that we know she can play mid 20th century, mid Atlantic, very snappy. I need the, I need the deadline by five kid. You want to scope? Here it is. If it all kind of depends on what's James Gunn's take for Superman. Is it, the animated series where it's vaguely timeless and you can't really tell yeah, what so era it's supposed to be. Theory, if it's supposed to be modern, I haven't seen her play that, bring that wit to that kind of role. So for her, it's like, I don't want it to just be Maisel again. And that's what she's best known for. And obviously she's an actress. She has range. Right. But the, my concern is, I hope you didn't just cast her because, hey, you saw Maisel and, and you just tell her, hey, do that. Because yeah. that, that for me is that that's the concern. When, when it comes to Corrin Sweat, there are di- there are different kind of reactions we have to casting. Sometimes it's it's a complete unknown, and we just go, "Hey, eh, he looks the part." Tom Holland and Spider Man. 
Sometimes it's, why the hell did you cast him? And it's Keaton as Batman or Ledger as Joker. And they knock it out of the freaking park. And yeah. sometimes it's, hey, this is so obvious that how could you miss it? Willem Dafoe is Green Goblin. Is a perfect example. This falls in the, no one knows who the hell this guy is, but he looks like he's straight off the panel. He looks like he could put on 30 pounds of muscle and he's got the chin, he's got the hair, he looks fine. With, with him, it's going to entirely depend on what's guns take and how is the chemistry between the two. Because if there is none, and Matt, I know you love Amy Adams, and I know you love the Snyderverse. I do. I never bought Cavill and Adams together. It, it was always just kind. It, it there was always it felt like two walls trying to be romantic together. I didn't. I didn't buy it. I think uh, Adams is a great actress. I. But my whole point was, I never. Her Lois Lane never connected with me. So I, that was. I, and I think point. the argument like, I, is she's I don't not given think... a lot to do. No, I mean, I disagree. I think Man of Steel is one of my favorite takes of Lois Lane when she's kind of like the no nonsense, the whole thing about like, are we done measuring, you know, these and like her kind of running around the world and piecing together who Superman yeah. is well, and that why her being like his equal in that sense that like she's the one that like actually her, that Lois Lane was that, more about yeah. being Lois Lane than being Clark's girlfriend. That's yeah. that's and, and I really love that about that take. You know, I have my own feelings about all the Snyder stuff, but yeah, like I really uh, like Amy always, Adams in that character. We all because always because it was more about who Lois Lane was and not just her relationship to Clark Kent, yeah. which I think some of the chemistry could have been lacking or you know could have been better. At, that at, line at times. of you know it's all um, always after over the first kiss. It's like who the yeah. hell says that? It could have been better with the chemistry, but again, I, I really love the direction they took with Lois Lane, um, and that you know that kind of goes to what you're talking about with Gunn's direction about what they're gonna do with this franchise you know i i can't see it being in the past but the term modern can be taken so many ways this isn't i don't think this movie's going to be gritty it's not going to be like man of steel where it's you know kind of dark um we're not going to have that like that wave we had in like the late 2000s early 2010s where everything had to be like really grounded and realistic and that's kind of where snyder really you know went for it we're not going to see that. I don't think with guns, um, with guns take on Superman, I think we're going to see a modern world that has some levity, but also there's kind of darkness bubbling under the surface. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of his stuff. I mean, even guardians in outer space feels grounded, even though the worlds are spectacular and everything is goofy and crazy. The life feels very real. Uh, and, and I look at guardians as kind of an example of what I expect to see in Superman in, in terms of tone and, you know, the, the universe he's going to play with. But what, um, what little we have to play off of is the title being legacy makes you go, oh, are we getting Jonathan Kent? Like, are we literally the legacy of Superman and going to future generations? But then the key art that they used for the announcement was All-Star Superman, which is a, this is how he dies. And this kid's 30. And he's not even 30. So you didn't cast him to kill him. No, I don't I don't think so. I, I still maintain... That yes, this movie will introduce Jonathan Kent and it will be almost like a getting to know your dad type deal. And like, who is my dad and that kind of thing. And like, a, I think that'd be interesting for modern times. So it was like a kid struggling with who he is and like all of this stuff, knowing who his dad is and kind of laying down like almost like all star Superman, like stories like. Sure here are some stories about why your dad is who he is and like why he's vulnerable and why and and basically in that sense sketching out for us like all-star superman does who is superman from all these different, different perspectives. perspectives yeah yeah and Other so i think you need somebody of... versatile i think they're gonna need the stories about when superman got scary 
or lost control or what what may or when he just overwhelmingly positivityed his way through some of the scariest stuff or even with all this power how he did something so sensitive or cool to help like a cat in a tree or something or spent a whole day making a little girl feel better you know all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and i think it would be good and i can see because you know that gun loves to do stuff like that like have a character talking he loves to do the ant-man peyton reed type deal like yeah. have a character talking then spin off into some crazy story and then like cut back to be like Wait, like, well, there was never ending story cat. in it. Yeah. Hi, mittens, and you just put them down, and then yeah. back to the regular. And then like never ending story in it, right? Like, yeah. or, or not never ending story, or Princess Bride, it, like where you mm -hmm. keep going back to the kid, like, wait, oh, yeah. what? And back, like, yeah. Well, and that's the thing with Corn Sweat is when you look at him, and when you look at some of the, you kind of look at him in Pearl or in the Politician, you can, you can see a guy who can play a decent range of age. You know, it's not like oh, that guy is thirty, and there's no way. He could, I'm, I'm the same age as Rachel Brosnahan. You can't look at me and be like, oh yeah, you could play, you could pass for like 17, 18 in a couple of scenes. Like I'm not going like, to be 17 or 18. She that, plays no. older but, but, in Maisel. Uh, like, it, it, eh. it aims like you could be 40 I think she, and I'd buy it. I think she feels like her age. But Corn Sweat is someone who I can see like, if they need to do a couple scenes where he's 18, 19 years old, Smallville type, you can get a couple scenes like that out of him. You know, I mean, maybe some some a little technology added to it but without can, having to without it. having to. Well, if you film Samuel L. Jackson, he goes yeah. right, right, <laughs> right, and then he, he can play up to you know thirty, thirty. Like there, there's, I'm just saying, there's kind of an yeah, age. So if you want to do that story thing, like you're talking about, where you're telling different tales of who Superman is and, and what he can be, I think you have a lot of opportunity to do that with somebody like this who, you know, can be kind of what you need him to be at different points in his life. Um, I think there's yeah. there's some freedom to, to to play with that, and I think that's part of what helps with a, an actor that's relatively unknown. You know, you're not just like, oh, I know that guy. He's that guy, mm -hmm. and I'm I can only see him as that guy. Like Superman, kind of yeah. be who he needs to be. Yeah, like that's how Cavill was. Yeah. Like, unless you watch the Tudors, you probably didn't know who he yeah. was before Man of Steel. He had that one movie, that Tarsum Singh crazy movie. He was in the Immortals. Immortals, Immortals yeah. 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 But by that oh, point, yeah, wow, was yeah. And that was just to see how ripped he was <laughs> in action scenes. And people were like, soul. That, that fits. Yeah. 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 That's a weird But, like, movie. on the all-star Superman of it all and, like, some of those other books that they've kind of trotted out as, like, here's what, like, here's a movie that's, you know, got a, a name similar to this. Or here's kind of what we're thinking. Aside from Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, I most of those are fo so far from literal. Mm -hmm. It's not, yeah. I don't think we have to worry about you know the uh, uh, superman's death being worked in or hinted at or whatever like i don't i don't think those are literal things. it's very I much a tonal comparison yeah like all-star yeah. superman is is very you know heavy from a from a premise standpoint but it's also very hopeful and it's very like it's there's very so folks. much in there that explores why word. that character matters and and the feeling there and that's what gun's been very clear about trying to get right in this whole project and the same goes for like brave and the bold and like you know obviously the morrison batman and son stuff like a lot of that's going to be tonal a lot of that's going to be like here's the vibe we're going for and here are the characteristics of those characters we want to bring to light but i'm not necessarily worried about like here's here's brick number one to three and here's where we're going yeah. with that story mm -hmm. like that's where the snyderverse kind of sometimes Careful. fell into a trap of trying to do those things literally and yeah. and it became over ambitious and, and became like overwhelming comics mashed into one and yeah there's right. a lot, i mean there's two a lot iconic on. stories are in one movie well, yeah. I think and, those and, and to your point two Matt, movies like, onto their own all-star superman is about the heart of this of this man not necessarily 
his biggest battles or his greatest achievements as a hero. It's about the heart and soul of who this person is. Right. And I can't imagine that's not what James Gunn is trying to accomplish exactly. with his take on this character. Yeah. No, I definitely, I mean, I definitely think it is. And people are already swooning over the height difference because uh, Corrin Sweat is 6'4 and Rachel Brosnan is 5'3. She'll so be standing on a box. So there have been a lot of ladies. I don't know. I don't know if they no, will. I don't think so. I, I think you nailed that shot with a towering Superman because you got to get that demo. There's a lot of swooners who want to come and swoon as a big, tall, powerful Superman. Short kings, stay united. Yes, we will. Let's go, baby. It's our I, summer. I don't relate. All right. Uh, wow! <laughs> we just took a serious turn. <laughs> well, but, uh, you think about like the romance of it, and you know, like, like there's some great angles you're gonna have. You know, from well, the, I think the, the big kiss. I'm a you know. big proponent, and I've said this many times that the long shot is is uh, the medium to long shot is is your is your friend in a Superman movie. Like the shots I remember of Donner Superman are not like all or like Superman Returns, Man of Steel. The, the close up ones aren't my favorites. It's the long shots of seeing impossible things, Superman flying around the earth a million times Mm -hmm. or just zipping through the sky across like an Iceland as a big streak and seeing that from far away. I'd love to see him just like fly through a mountaintop or something and could get where he's going because he's so like, I got to get here and just like a sequence of just him just like, Mm. like a, like literally like a bullet through anything in his way just to get to like his son or to save Lois or do whatever it is while somehow still like saving people along the way, you know, but, um, I think that's your friend. So I think the look of them and him being like strapping tall guy, I think is as much as I don't want to support that lifestyle or mentality, I get it. And we're trying to sell tickets here. So you do need that classic. I think, and to your point about Snyder, I, I think in, there's a whole, I would love now that you guys said that, I would love to do tangent, like a whole separate discussion about directors and filmmakers who work with their wives and how they like Nolan and Snyder both like constantly work with their with their wives, significant others, and how that represents in the movies. Like Nolan's always killing off his guys are always have dead wives. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd have thing. questions for James Gunn because if his wife shows up in this, it's like, do you torture her again like you did in Guardians? Oh movie? yeah, yeah, and like Snyder's like always. All the women in his films are always like also professionally on the level, like Leonidas and his queen, like mm-hmm. you know Amy Adams and Superman. Like it's always there. You know Deborah's like yo, snail over shoulder. Like what are you doing? Yo. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to Hydra, like, but, uh, I think the biggest point. But I, I just, I got tangent. I just want to say, I think that they do because one thing that we never discuss about the Donner Superman was that the Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder romance was the theme music. Mm-hmm. You know that whole thing. You know the theme still to this day. You know them flying through the air. The actual romance of Superman and Lois Lane is really something we never got back. Like, I'm sorry, Kate Bosworth, but like it wasn't in Superman Returns. And as much as I love the Snyder verse, it it really wasn't. Their whole thing was kind of like a bantery professional kind of, you know, stoic, Mm -hmm. hinted, heat under the surface kind of romance, which is fine. But the Superman Lois relationship and that and that and their love literally does help sustain like this whole DC universe. And so we do need to do all that classic corny Donner stuff. We need to feel like we can fly. We need to feel like, you know, this is like the greatest, you know, romance we want to root for. Um, I think that's what TV has done so well. Like Superman and Lois, those two actors, like Taylor Hoechlin and, uh, and what's her name? Stella Duran. Yeah. uh, Like they nailed it. You believe them and they nail it in a modern sense. You believe them as two modern working parents who have all these responsibilities, but also trying to raise these kids, but fundamentally love each other. And so I think that is 
And I'm sure that this what was what the screening process was all about. And I hope they got the best kind of Superman. Yes. Yeah, and that, that's out. kind of the, that's where I get the, the point I was coming at. It's like, that's important. The height difference really doesn't matter. I mean, He's going to be holding her like this anyway. Yeah, so. he's going to be lifting the her. The difference isn't going to watch. Play a okay, big we, I want know, to come back fine. to this when this movie comes out in that scene where he takes little tiny Lois by her waist and slowly, gently lifts her in the air, and she's just staring at his chest, floating <laughs> in the air, and half the half—I don't even know what we call this demo anymore—but half of that demographic, that I call them swooners, are just going to be like <gasps> in the theater, like yeah. Yeah, there's there, a lot there's of people a, who want to there's see There's a that. recent SNL sketch with Travis Kelsey where it's like, sometimes women just want to be picked up and they just bring out NFL yeah. players. Connor, this you. is the second time you've talked about the Kansas City Chiefs on and the podcast. And as they should. <laughs> oh, stop. We need to start a drinking this. game. For uh, but, I mean, that, I think that isn't... I mean, as corny as it is, I mean, getting back to that because the other times, like, the other... This, the, the Snyder films came out in this time where that whole thing about, oh, women are not supposed to be like damsel stress. When we've kind of weirdly come back around to, like you said, there is now women saying, you look, mm-hmm. we said all this and like, yes. But at the end, sometimes, yes, get me a big dude, pick me up. Mm-hmm. Like, but I, I, I want think, that I and think I think that, you we know, need to feed that. In this Donner Superman bit. really is the model. And James Gunn has talked about right. the influence oh, yeah. that's had. And that Lois was everything. I mean, there were times where she was rescued oh, yeah. by, Clark, by, by Superman, but also... She wasn't a damsel in distress. She no. had a real character and arc and soul. And that Margaret Kidder's Lois Lane is so great. And I, think I don't know. That hasn't aged super well. The whole for me. read my mind thing. Hasn't I, I'm not I've saying every single thing in the movie from the 70s has aged perfectly, but I've well, gone no, back I, and overall, watched those I think and, the animated series carried that well, forward. I think Lois Lane's evil. some of Lois Lane's reactions and you? I mean, decisions yeah. in that movie. <laughs> Are, right, like are, I said, it's it's from the seventies. Not everything's aged perfectly, but overall, but they as a character, her, yeah, she's she remembered wasn't as just, feisty. Like she, she wasn't is, just there to be rescued. We remember Margot you know? Kidder as a feisty, like, like female character. It's not she does make. I mean, the helicopter, the screaming. There's a lot of screaming and just not saving herself. But that was the time period. But she is her personality, at least, was still kind of like feisty yeah, I get and everything. It. I mean, look, this is coming from someone who thinks, you know, the the current books have actually captured that perfectly. I don't I think the books in a lot of ways capture that better than movies have oh, yeah. done, period. Um ever. I and I can go to like five runs, you know, in the past and now especially like the current action comics run and then also Williamson Superman run capture that beautifully. Like that relationship is done so well in the comics and has been multiple times. Like I I don't think any movie to me has ever captured it as well as comics have Um, animated series would probably be the closest one. Uh, So for me, I'm I'm still kind of looking for that. You know, I've had different takes, which I've always loved. Like I, I love Smallville's uh, Lois. I love Superman and Lois. I think Tyler Hoechlin as Superman and like their dynamic is fantastic. So there's been other versions that I've dug, but as far as movies go, I just and also none of them have really, really resonated. You know, it's not Lois and Superman, but I look at how the relationship between Star Lord and Gamora evolved through James Gunn's writing, mm-hmm. especially in three, how they handled a relationship and a guy who wanted to be the hero and the rescuer and someone who did not need that, and the acceptance of of what love can be and how love can look different. Um, and that just makes me really hopeful to see what they're gonna do because I think there's a really great perspective that can be brought to well, to this relationship. Yeah. Um, 
I hope that somebody sat down and like we were saying, I hope they really centered on Rachel Brosnahan, not just because of Marvelous Miss Mizell, but um, I don't know. A lot of people I know didn't see it. I think you might have seen it for mm-hmm. screenings, but I'm Your Woman, that movie she did. Okay, so she did this movie a couple of years back. I think it was during the pandemic and it's called I'm Your Woman. Yeah, it's 2020. And it got kind of buried, but it was this neo crime film. And basically she's the wife of this professional thief and something goes bad with a job. And so he kind of vanishes and everybody comes looking for her to kind of square like what's wrong. And I think this was good because she was like a mom. She was dealing with this very complicated man who she kind of loved, but was kind of a scumbag. And it's her like going on this weird kind of crime world odyssey to try to get out of this situation. And she ends up having to like shoot down some drug dealers in a car and walk away from like the scene and get Mm -hmm. away from the cops. But it showed a lot of range for her. You need to watch that movie. Which, oh yeah, it's a good movie. Like it, it was her kind of vehicle Sounds to say, awesome. like, yeah, she can do a lot more than, sure. and it's like heavy because, like, yeah, she has to go to a lot of crazy places, meet a lot of unsavory characters, kind of na- navigate her way through this world that she's not really prepared for. She knew about, but didn't really ever want to step in. And so, the part of it is her dealing with like this complicated man and this complicated world of, that comes with him and all that stuff. And her being kind of like having it in that movie each step and she gets harder and grittier and being like, because she almost gets killed, you know, really bad things yeah. almost happen to her until she finally is just like, you know what, like, and is picking up a gun and willing to go out there and meet the wolves out on a dock and be like, all right, is what I hope they saw and were like, yeah, well, and, and remember too, like that it's not the stuff that she was in, obviously, Maisel, I'm sure plays a big part in it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the, the trades reports with the casting this week specifically mentioned i think it was thrs i could be i could be wrong um but there was specific mention made of of the six tapes of the six auditions brosnahan's was the one that blew everyone away from the beginning Mm. immediately brosnahan blew everyone away with her audition and so again while it's important to look at what she's been in before we don't know what that audition tape looked like so we don't know what she's going to bring to the table And, and they clearly saw something in her that really wowed them especially because they brought in another actress for the second round of auditions and didn't even bring her back in. It makes me wonder if Mackie, if uh, if Mackie's going to be in another part of the movie. Sure. Um, but it kind of sounds like from the get go, Brosnahan was was choice number one um, because of her audition, not necessarily because of what she's done in the past. Uh, so I mean, just that, that, and I think that speaks to her, her versatility and some maybe of what we haven't seen uh, her her bring to the table, which I'm really really excited to see. You know what she has that that led to such a such a big audition. You know, oddly enough, I think what nails it best is a uh, flashpoint. Lois Lane is like my favorite, one of my favorite depiction of Lois Lane's in the actual flashpoint books. <laughs> oh, I was like in the yeah. movie. No, 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 no. Flashpoint books and the animated movie when okay. she's like behind enemy lines, yeah, yes, that, that spying is on the Amazons and like doing that whole nine. I was like, yeah, that's Lois Lane to me. Like Lois Lane is that reporter. So You're very good, Lois. I hope they give her that kind of grit and stuff, and I hope it's like her always doing stuff in Superman, having to just you know help her out a couple times like hank hill the whole thing right like peggy hill great character great comparison about and i love that dynamic how she is just like so passionate and forward but she doesn't always have it right and hank hill has to kind of like do that inspector gadget brain thing like and guide her along without like you know ruining her ego or make her feel bad because Mm -hmm. he loves her and he's just doing that so i hope it's more of that and and hope she like barks him around and leads him around and it's just like yeah or she i love there in the comics as matt is saying 
the comics do a good job of now that it's all out in the open, like she knows he's Superman, it's all out there. They have a lot of like conversations where they just try to meet and like have a drink together or a meal. And those scenes are some of my favorite when Lois is trying to deal with and Clark's like all like nervous and she's like, okay, go, like go, like, mm-hmm. all right. And she's like, all understanding he has to like run away and like go do something and be like, I'm sorry. And he was like, I'm back. And that kind of, I love that. And I hope they nail that about, even if you are Superman in the world, you're still messing up for your lady. and It's still mm-hmm. like a complicated right. thing. And then like, she's, I, I love like one scene where she's actually like, uh, she's working on a, like a deadline. Like she's working on something for the planet and stuff like that. And he, he comes in from his, you know, thing. And she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm focused. Like, this is my, this is my space. Like you need to kind of go <laughs> do yeah. your own thing. And like, we've all been there, right? Like it's, it's, Especially it's one of those since things. the pandemic, like, when, right? Like, when your significant yeah. other is like, Hey, I'm, I'm in a thing like, you know, either like, Hey, can you take care of the kid? Or Hey, can you go you know, do this? Like you need to kind of entertain yourself for a while. Like, all right, cool. So like, I, I love that. It feels like a real couple. And yeah. so I hope they capture some of that. Yeah, same here. I don't want to. Do, do they start as a couple? You think? Or is I don't want to. I was just about to say I don't want to have to do the whole secret identity. Yeah, like I agree. We've done that, and like, and they even make jokes about it everywhere now. But it's so hard to sustain and respect this lady as like this hardcore investigative reporter, but doesn't see this thing right in front of her face. Like that just. They're just so incredible. Reeves' now. whole like take off the glasses and like the posture changes. Like that was the best way I think you could have visualized that. But otherwise, it's like seriously, yeah. Come on. And it's like I, I I think like what Matt says is so much more interesting to me. It's like Clark and Lois living in a small you know metropolis apartment because they still both work as reporters. Reporter salary. Nobody's really home like doing stuff, and them just trying to like have a date night or something like would be much more interesting as an opening like him doing a crazy battle sequence her like on a deadline him zooming in being like i'm here with flowers and her being like no 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 i just got this big scoop like i'm gonna be here all night and him just being like oh flowers droop and like out in the thing and like seeing superman then just cut to superman cleaning dishes like watching reruns of the circle or something and like that's hilarious right and you're just like oh yeah it doesn't matter how super you are there's like normal relationship stuff mm-hmm. and adequate into that and like yeah bath times and all that and there's I know every three dads right here, we would be like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I, I, I am the only that. non-married with no kids For now, you here. just yeah. moving just in, bro. Oh, yeah, <laughs> calm <laughs> down. We could be right back here in a year. And you're going to be like, so tell me about bath time again. Um, yeah, so I hope it's that because, I mean, that seems so much more interesting, right? Like, we've seen the other stuff before. And if you're going to do the retro stuff but bring in modern sensibilities, We've all been crammed in with significant others in a pandemic. We all had to figure out home office sharing and all this stuff. There's so much of that that's relatable, right? And yeah. Um, do you guys want to get to the dark part? You want to talk about is this can this movie even succeed? Nope. Because of Snyder versus Rose. Talking about, about the, the Flash. Not yes. we're no longer talking no, about Superman, Superman Legacy. No, Superman Legacy. No, I'm talking about we're wrapping it into the Flash too, yeah. but even now, like, I did the article about DC fans reacting, and I saw it, and I was like, it started out, I was like, oh, this is so positive, this is good, and I started doing it. Yeah, I got to the wrong threads real quick, mm. where people were like, kill James Gunn, DC Studios, bring Henry Cavill back on their ashes, and I'm like, really? Like, okay. I hung with the Snyder thing a long time. A long time. But guys, like, uh, I ain't going full graphic with you, okay? Like, I, I step I, out of the scroll faction. I'm like, all right, no, I'm gonna act like a human again. Like, I mean, it's the, the, the guy got to spend a full movie budget 
remaking a movie that already existed to release solely on a streaming service just because his fans asked for it. So like, I feel like, like we got a victory, you know, like that, yeah. that was a victory. Like that is an unprecedented thing to have happened yeah. to a filmmaker. And it's very, yeah. it's not my favorite thing, but I think it's really cool that a filmmaker got to do that. We got to spend a studio's money remaking something to be, make it the way they wanted it to be. That happened. Could there have been an ending to it? Yes, but that's not how stuff works. The fact that he got yeah. to that at all is really cool. Like, we should be able to move on now. Yeah. <laughs> but that was always the argument yeah. back then when when that whole thing was being debated was always the, you know, give an inch, take a mile. It was yeah. always that book, thing if you give of a mouse a if, cookie, you, but... if you give it to them, yeah. they will yeah. then want, hey, look, this is, this is see what you can do? Yeah. And so now you should go do this. It's but... never good enough even um, snyder for has that kinda... very vocal minority they're never going away but that's also perfectly fine like they can scream on their platforms and do whatever and that's fine like that's will always be as someone who look we're all in uh you know experts in in different fandoms and honestly the same thing happens in every single other fandom it's just connected to something else mm-hmm. it's it's that way in anime i know kofi's dealt with it in anime <laughs> I've dealt with it in, in Power Rangers and gaming. I was like, it, it's always in movies and TV. It's just very vocal fan bases, and then a vocal minority kind of splinters off, and then you have to deal with this forever. There's always going to be a group that's like, no, the current thing sucks. My thing was better. Bring my thing back. I feel it'll, like- it'll be 2065, and there will still be replies to yeah lucasfilm social yeah. media it doesn't talk, mean though that this can't Brian be successful should, oh yeah mm-hmm. you like, know, they're it's, not related it's always gonna be a thing. but i feel like the snyder stuff is different because i feel like even we never well, know how many out. it is but i feel like there are still targeted campaigns and to it, 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 it reached a level everything. for both positively and negatively reached a level that i don't think i've seen anything else yeah reach and I, before and i think snyder was stoking the flames a little more than we've ever blamed him for i think he kind oh, of started past that and even he has stopped where he's just yeah, like, he's, no he, more leaks, no more haters, more to shows. it. I can move on. Yeah. No more, I, hey, this is my social network that only I'm promoting, and I'm going to give you all this extra information. That, that stopped. No, he's saying Rebel on. Moon. Rebel Moon, folks. Rebel Moon. And right. I wonder if it's going to stop if Rebel Moon's a huge hit. I almost want it to be a huge hit, just so everybody who loves Snyder can go over there, be happy. I mean, it's going to be a huge hit, and but like, that, it's relative be because cool. it's Netflix, so mm-hmm. a huge hit for Netflix yeah. is... But I'm just it saying, I'm in like a huge culture. I, th- yeah. I hope it makes everybody happy and all the Snyder fans are happy and they go over there and they're like, now we're on this Rebel Moon tip. I'm like, forget the DC. And I hope it just all flips into, ah, oh, DC's old, like, forget it. But that's we're on a Rebel happen. Moon. Come on, Charlie. Let me hope. It's all right. I mean, I'm with you. I hope, but it's never going to happen. I well, feel like more people should be mad that Cavill's leaving Witcher than that he's never getting back into Superman. We'll be talking on Friday. Don't hey, you Matthew? Well, he's... Well, he's leaving all of it and he's going to Warhammer. Which and I'm sure the Warhammer 40K care? people will be absolutely thrilled. I mean, I'm su- still surprised people care about The Witcher, but that's a different conversation. For eh, time. It's, it's no, I'm not taking that bait, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to move on. So, Sorry. <laughs> last part of our little bonus here is the official numbers are in and it looks like Connor wins. The Flash is estimated to earn only $300 million worldwide. <laughs> Which is a weird thing to say only. Oh, yeah. No, but I, know, like, I, I, I get yeah. context is the it's most important thing here. But curve, like, man. as just a one single human being, like only $300 million. But maybe cost, what, 200 plus to make We're, before, before I mean, advertising. Honestly, and it's in the weeds yeah. of anywhere from two to 275, yeah. I'd estimate. Between reshoots, marketing, what marketing oh, you could do. Marketing like, is bumping all up well over stuff. 300. Yeah, like yeah. it's 
it, they are going to they're estimated to lose at least like 300 million on this and yeah and people have been speculating also, um and going nuts about it about everything you know you can listen to whole connor's whole diatribe there's a whole list of reasons why this could be happening given just by him in our flash spoilers episode um i happen to think that this isn't just systemic to the flash I think it's, and I wrote an article about this, about movie theater demand. I think we just really grossly overestimated mm -hmm. 2023. And like this, there was this bottleneck and then everybody was like 2023. And even when the pandemic happened, we didn't want to believe it. So we all said, no, 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 we can do it faster than that. But people were saying it would be 2023 before we get back to like a regular summer movie lineup and stuff. And so this was that year. But I think that clearly clearly like the demand to go out to movie theaters is not as high as the amount of supply they're putting out june Preach. is the kind of case that i'm pointing to <laughs> it's not to say that people don't want to see movies in theaters the pay but it's more and i say this in the article if you grew up in the 1990s you remember a very different pattern of blockbusters Movies came out and you knew you had like two or three months, like the whole summer to go down to your movie theater and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to see that thing that they put out. And you had that long. There was no rush. It was like a year at least before home video or HBO, or a year before HBO got it. And then like another six months to a year before home video came and, out. Or it got on TV. Yeah. Or it got on TV. And so you had these longer theatrical runs where we weren't just first weekend obsessed. It was just like over time. And over like a month or two, how much did that movie trickle in and make? Mm. And I feel like we're getting back to that because yeah. people don't rush out as much. Like I know people in June who were just saying, yeah, I think I am going to go check out that Fast X. Like, uh, you know, I love I mean, I, Do you, you remember know. a month ago, two months ago, we were talking about how the Guardians opening weekend was soft. Yeah. And, and not great for Marvel or not great for the Guardians franchise. And then what happened? Yeah. Well, Guardians had one of the best drop-offs ever for a Marvel movie and went three, four, five weeks as I mean, just this past weekend, it was what third. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like fourth. So it, it was still, still really there. high yeah. over a month. You know, we're almost to the digital release at this point and it's still making money every weekend. Like, and it's gotten to 800 million yep. globally. Like we are, I think to your point, I mean, Mario was that way. Mario obviously had a huge week opening weekend, but Mario sustained week after week. Spider-Verse has yeah. been climbing every week, I mean, even elemental. Yeah. Only had, what, a 37% drop-off week one to week two. That is week. incredible. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yes, it flopped its first weekend, and it might still lose money for Pixar, Yeah. but two weeks in, we're not looking at it as the disaster that we were after one week. Exactly. You know, but like, use, people are going to theaters week after week. Like, I want to see Elemental. Yeah. Like, we want to actually take Ember. Like, we right. want to go see, well, because, of course, obviously, we want to take her because the character's named, same name as her, because it's going to be great. Right. But also, it's Pixar and everything like that. But, like, even in this industry and as many movies as like we need to see for work and things, I cannot justify <laughs> paying so much in a concentrated period of time on just movies. I'm yeah, sorry. There's, that's what I said. It's also the proliferation of gaming has come so far. Uh, TV and interactive media and, I mean, geez, board games, car games, all the different things that are vying for your attention and your money. And you just, there's so much of it. This month alone has so many movies, so many video games that have been anticipated. It's all wanting your money. And that's on top of, like, actually, like, you know, going outside activities, <laughs> like going yeah. to see Taylor Swift in concert. Like, all these things are commanding your money. And... On top of an economy that is not back yet to where it was, 
people also have to divert their time and are making decisions based on what they really want, as opposed to like, I'm just going to go see every new movie that comes out. There yeah, was a time and, and I bought every CD. That, on that's Tuesday. a great point. Matt. Time is a huge. You talk about me just becoming a dad. That's the thing I've really learned the past few months. Like time is has become so much more valuable. It's the most valuable, you know. Thing. And even if, so, you know, I, I, my family's go a lot of movies. I go a lot by myself. Just I'm just a yeah. movie person. And like I, you know, Regal Unlimited, so I don't pay a lot to go to movies. But I can't go to a movie every other day because I have to watch my kid and I have to spend time with not have to. I, I want to spend time with my kid. I want to spend right. time with my wife. I don't want to use that time in a theater by myself no, all the time. So sitting I have to be down for two hours selective about what it is I want to see and when, you know, I, I still haven't seen flash <laughs> because, but I, I said, I you're, the had case, an opportunity. you're the case point that I said in you the know? article, this was simply the most skip this in transformers were two of the easily most skippable movies. Not that because you didn't like them. They're just, we have this reflex now that we did not have, especially before the pandemic to just say, Oh, I'll just catch this in a couple weeks, yeah. a month, and scream on streaming. Because I know I knew, this is I knew my Spider Verse was coming out. I know this is my stream. I was never going like, to miss that. Yeah. Yeah, I was never going to miss Spider Verse every weekend. I was going to make sure I set families aside time. Not missing Little Mermaid. Yeah. Like, mm. like there were a lot of families who weren't right. missing that in the theater and paid for that. My family did that. My family did Mario, Spider Verse, and Little Mermaid like in rapid succession. You prioritized for right stuff. for what your yeah like, for what your yeah. your family wanted to see. I'm still going to see Transformers. Yeah. That is like the movie. Someone I said the words G.I. Joe and I, I lined up a spot to see Transformers <laughs> yeah. that week. So, but that's like, but I that's don't regret movie. any like, of that. I mean, and they've been enjoyable movies. Right. They're yeah. And I said their cinema scores, They're, I mean, at worst, they've been middling with critics, but their cinema scores are both really high for these franchises. And it's just, again, it's too much demand. I mean, too, uh, too much supply uh, for not enough demand. Like there's, there's just too much. That, that's and June got bottlenecked so badly. We saw that. Like, yeah, when you're getting weeks where it's like Flash, or Transformers, it was Flash, Flash, Transformers, and Fast X were all offering X, yeah. the exact same thing, which is big spectacle IP. And yeah, what and, killed yeah. this was this was the latest of those to come out, and the other two were kind of and eh, this could have been skipped, and then Flash the reviews hit, and it's like, oh, this is a problem. I don't, I don't even know if it's that as much as you know, like I, the, I don't think Ezra Miller stuff played into it really because regular people don't pay attention. People saw the movie. I don't think it was, just, yeah, no. it was you know, good. oh, they're ending the DCU. Like I don't think that. This movie was, I think, what you said. It was, it was a lot of stuff, but it was you brought when you start advertising Michael Keaton and there's a Supergirl and there's a Flash that people may or may not have known existed. And it's like, if you're just a regular person watching this, you're like, what's happening? Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. don't understand this. Some people might be like, oh, Michael Keaton, I'm gonna go, but others are like, this is too much. I don't need to like. I'm confused by watching this trailer. I don't need to go see this movie. It, it, there's too much happening. Yeah, I was watching, and, but I, I I predict this is going to have a major resurgence when it hits max. Like people are going to see this, and there are going to be a lot of people who think, "Oh, you're going to have the people like, oh, this wasn't as bad as I heard it was." And, like, and then yeah. there's going to be a lot of screenshots of the baby in the microwave, and go, "This was a no, movie that's going to that live on in, in infamy." Yeah, that was just that's already happening now. <laughs> yeah, no, people are not over <laughs> that, and thing. like they, and I know it was uncomfortable for us, but the general public is not loving that. That's a thing. Like your editor's really screwed. You should have cut that. Yeah. Cut that scene that. is terrible. Um, yeah, so we, that's always going to live in infamy. We can't go back on that. That's just stuck. Can I say that? I described that scene. A million scene. times around. Movie, and we're not, I've heard we're so much about the baby in the microwave that I'm really excited just to see you how horrible it is. Go, that's you're going to find out how like you've how changed. how terrible it is. This is another opportunity. You're going to find out how you've changed as a parent again because before you would have laughed at that and now you're going to be like, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Well, no, it's like, not even yeah. that. It's just like 
it is built out to be this like such a horrible thing. I'm like, I can't wait to see how how bad they mess this up. It's not like I'm, I'm excited to see how <laughs> how stupid it is. It's very stupid. Yeah, like I'm I'm stoked about that. I'm not going to. And it's your first it, impression. That's what makes it, it worse. It's your first impression of this. The All movie. right, but um, yeah, I mean, the Flash is going down. Uh, yeah, it's going down. It's going down hard. So yeah. All right, Connor. There it's you a, go. It's a tax break. It, this. <laughs> Bat, this should have been scrapped, and Batgirl should have come out. Damn straight, it should have. <laughs> and I, I've yet to <laughs> been proven whole wrong. Point. I mean, it is crazy time. what we're hearing now. Like we could have gotten, like Michael Keaton would have been the new Nick Fury of the DCEU. We would have gotten a Fraser Batman Beyond as movie. Firefly. Yeah. Had uh, Firefly, Grace Brendan Fraser, who's just killing it again and just came back Stupid. on the scene. Y'all are trying to hurt Brendan Fraser up there in Warner mm-hmm. Brothers Discovery. Disrespectful. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it's weird, but... Uh, I mean, stuff's going to keep trickling out about that movie, like, as long as we have these jobs, we're going to learn new things said, about Batgirl. So oh, yeah. And see new rules. photos we haven't seen. Th- think about how many photos David Ayer has just of Jared Leto being No, we can't. I was discussing and... this with somebody the other day. We never will. <laughs> no, they held all those screenings, and I'm pretty sure Zaslav had, like, a military firing squad behind the studio at the last, like, fan screening. It was like, everybody, great work. You did a good job. Good job. And they took every reel of that film, and they were like, Go ahead. <laughs> no, that that, 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 that exists. That exists. I mean, think about like like the toy, the story of, of Toy Story Two uh, yeah. was a movie that 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 movie had like died. Someone at Pixar made a mistake and deleted the entire movie from the servers, and one producer had it at her house. I'm, I'm and, and was able to save the movie because she had she had saved the backup. There I did is not know that. with the way technology has yeah. evolved, Batgirl exists. On someone's computer. <laughs> I'm shocked we haven't gotten a Deadpool style leak where it's like, who could have possibly leaked this? And then it's out. I mean, it's it's, no, it's, it's going to trickle as long serious, as we have jobs in this industry. Just, just, it's if you don't trickle. know the legalities, like, yeah, it is serious. If right, that's it's not, not going to sure, come out. It's, it's, not, it's like the knock just, list in you know, Mission Impossible. If that thing ever shows up, like, it's like, oh, dead reckoning time. Yeah. Like, we're all. Like, screwed. at some point, we're going to see a still yeah. from some random account on Reddit. That has never been heard of before. It's you know, you, it's impossible to trace or something. And it's gonna be Brendan Fraser in a fly, firefly suit, and we're gonna be like, oh man, what did we miss? Listen, man, and after, it's gonna start the new cycle if, over again. If Discord can hack the Pentagon, like th- anything's possible, guys. Yo, man, after hearing from Marvel Secret <laughs> Invasion the stories of what Marvel Studios does to people, like David Zaslav's coming to your house, the Hit Squad's coming to your house. <laughs> if you try to leak Batgirl, you're gonna blow over David your face, Zaslav. and there's Too much a pistol credit. at the end of the pillow. But um, all right, we're gonna keep an eye on this. This is uh the Flash, and it looks like uh, well, next time we talk about this, it'll be on its max premiere. I mean, so. Fortunately, it doesn't matter. No, no. I mean, Warner Brothers has the money; they're gonna eat this loss. Andy Machete is not sweating over it. He got a great new job. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he got a great new job. Must be nice. Uh, we probably won't see Ezra Miller and some stuff for a bit. And you know, the other actors in the movie, Michael Keaton's fine. And DCU starting over. Like, it's none of this really matters and, in the and, and if Brave and the Bold is bad, I'm going to tell y'all, I warned you about Machete. I mean, but nobody the first Hit movie is fantastic. So, And the second one is okay. Less I like the second one. It's What's okay. wrong with the second one? Although that, I mean, that scene that they showed in the trailer. It's not my favorite movie of all time. But I mean, as I'm as saying, as a lot of the Flash from, you know, the way y'all talk about it, it doesn't seem like necessarily a direction issue no it no, there, there are some direct i'm sure there are i'm Why sure the there hell are is this on when a movie's a mess everyone has a part to play in that yeah, but we're like, not going to get into this because connor will go on for days oh, but, but i'm will. just saying like it's not 
it doesn't seem like it's a failure on one person's part. So, no, I, I, and I do bet Brave and the Bold is going to be a proving ground, but at the same time, he has made Warner Brothers a lot of money with with it. He's so, one and now two. Brave and the Bold he's, though he's got, hits with the baby scene. Then we're going to have an issue. Yeah. I mean, well, again, I mean it'll make sense bad, then if like, people are throwing knives at a baby when Damian Wayne is getting raised by the League of Assassins. Say, at least that makes sense. There's a bunch sense. of babies about to fall the into a lab. should like ninja chop. Like, yeah, it's going to be a. <laughs> the baby and, and most good another, directors uh, have, made, have made a stinker here and there. You know, like most good directors. And he's got directors. one good one and two bad ones. No, Mama. So a, Mama was real good. That's what yeah, got him. Mama was real good. Yeah, Mama was real good. And it chapter two was okay. You know, it wasn't great, but it was okay. Yeah. But like. But that and was he, the Stephen King of it all, man. You can't make a great. Oh, he nobody's the, made a he great in the part weird, two. They're got, all bad. I'm he got just the saying, weirdest part of that one. I'm just yeah, saying like this one movie. I don't believe defines no. a filmmaker, and no. it's never going to be that way, um, unless again it was a troubled production and the filmmaker kind of took it all down with him. You know, uh, what, what was it? The guy he was. Uh, oh, Josh he did Frank? no the descent, um, and then he Neil made Hellboy. Marshall. Oh yeah, and he like a lot of Hellboy fell on him like yeah. disappearing for weeks at a time and we've seen him just make his own independent movies with his wife since then and they've released exclusively on shutter so like we can see a director kind of make a mess of something and then struggle to recover from it i don't think that's the no. case uh, with Michette's, Michette here but you know, both we've seen we've he's proven enough fine. him and his wife are fine they're another interesting director you know producer pair they're they're I doing it was his sister it's his sister you're right i don't want to say wife i keep making that creepy <laughs> So I said wife for the other two, and I keep forgetting that it's his sister. And I'm not, hey, search the internet. Sister. I'm not the only one. Sister. All right, that'll do it for this uh, bonus round episode. We've gotten deep enough into the quagmire of DC for now. I'm going to go wash myself off, get my head right, and uh, get ready for our Friday show. If you are just now tuning in for these bonus round episodes, be sure to subscribe to Comic Book Nation on all your major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts. And subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com backslash comic book, all one word, dash nation. And we put up new episodes every Friday, live shows at 12 noon Eastern on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook, where we hope you will join in, watch with us, and join our growing community of Comic Book Nation fans, because we have, we have really great fans. And uh, we're also trying to plan more fan interaction things to kind of connect with them. But uh, for right now, make sure you plug into the main show if you want to talk to any of us individually or argue with us. We always love your perspective. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Connor KCCB. And I'm at Charlie Ridgely. And you can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. All right. Thank you for tuning in to Comic Books Nation's bonus round episode discussing the casting of Superman Legacy in the future of the DC Universe. We'll see you back on the regular show. Peace. Later.